All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, here Thursday, January 28th, 2021. Uh, it's 1030 here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Nice sunny but cold day, so um, I'm just going to get ready, and we'll go over what happened this past weekend with UFC 257, because there's a lot of talk about what Connor didn't do right and what went wrong there, but there's a lot to fucking give props to about Dustin Poirier because of what he did and the game plan that they put together at American Top Team. So we'll talk about that, and then I think there is a UFC next weekend. So this is just mostly talking about what happened this past weekend. There's nothing going on this coming weekend. Maybe a Bellator card. Um, Let's see. Uh, Other than that, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. My eye. Um, Yeah, nothing yet. Nothing yet there either. They don't even have a card yet set up. So get ready for a lot of slow MMA news coming up for the next week. But we can still dissect what happened before. All right. So going through the card, before we break down the McGregor and Poirier, there's, you know, some people you got to give credit to, like Marina Rodriguez going out there, stopping I mean Amanda Hebas in the second round. In a weird exchange, there was she knocked her down, but then Amanda Hebas fought for a leg, and Herb Dean did the did the swim move over her, didn't t- technically touch her, so then he, he allowed them to continue fighting. Amanda Hebas was still rock, so it would have been bad if Amanda... You know, uh, <clears throat> if she recovered and then went on to win the fight, that would be kind of like a weird. I mean, I guess you just run it back. But anyway, uh, that moves Marina Rodriguez to 13 1 and 2. To be honest, during the previews of the fight, watching Marina striking, I was like, this is going to be an issue because she's just long. She's, na- she's the Brazilian national champion in Muay Thai. She's long, rangy. Um, Amanda tried to grapple her more than she did try to like move her head to get inside, throw some strikes, and then grapple her. It was a very Ronda Rousey approach. Um, she'll learn. She won't be happy with the performance, obviously, but I don't think that was the best Amanda there was. But a Marina going in there, and I mean, at a hundred and well, 16 pounds, both of them came in, uh, knocking a girl out, it's not an easy matter. So when a girl does it and they're that tiny, it's it's impressive. And, um, yeah, big things for her, especially in the strawweight division. It, it Striking tends to be the better attribute in the strawweight division. If you have phenomenal striking, you'll go far. You'll go far. Um, and then in the middleweight division... You had Andrew Sanchez versus Mahmoud Muradov. Knocking out Andrew Sanchez in the third round. I mean, Andrew had some... He had some moments there, but... 
there was a moment where they said trust your guard, and we'll get into it with the Dustin Poirier fight later. But man, that's something in the UFC that you gotta you gotta do. You gotta trust your guard. You gotta keep your hands up, and then try to throw a counter off of it. At least try to see. Right? If you're just sitting there trying to move head, move your head, move backwards, get out of the way that way, just by backing up and moving around, you're gonna get teed up. Um, yeah. Muradov, early on in the first round, he saw the right hand, got frustrated when he couldn't land it. He kept on doing the thing that Jared Cannonier does. Like, there's something in game in game plans that when they see it and they know it's there, and it, they can, and then the fighter can then see it. It's like frustrating. It's like, God damn it, dude, just hit him. It, I can see the left hook. It's right there, or the right hand, or whatever the case may be. And that was kind of what it was. Got hit with the right hand. Followed up. Um, so good night for Muradov, the the money team fighter, the only MMA fighter under Floyd Mayweather. So another guy probably cashing a check after this. All right, and then in a flyweight division, you have Joanne Calderwood versus Jessica I. Um, phenomenal performance by Joanne. She just goes in there, teeped and jabbed Jessica I for three rounds. It's what you want to do. Shorter, rangier fighter, or shorter. I guess she. I mean, she bo- She's a boxer, but jo- you know what I mean. Joanne just went in there, up the middle, straight shots, kept her at bay, scored a bunch of strikes on her, two hundred fourteen to one hundred four. Um, couldn't really keep her down. Yeah, just numbers don't lie. Obviously, the judges don't get the numbers, but as far as when you're watching it, you can be like, she's hitting her more than she's than the other girls hitting her. It's a good performance. Just hope that when Joanne Calderwood comes up to the next fight that she has, which is going to be when she beat a title contender, just got, uh, you know, relatively. But she's going back up to her spot where she was right before Jennifer Maya beat her. It's up to her now to keep that spot. And since Valentina lost to Jennifer Maya, there could be a there could be a rematch there. I mean, flyweight. UF. I mean. Val- it's the one fight that Valentina hasn't had, right? Joanne Calderwood and everyone really wanted that fight to happen. Um, yeah, she's six. She could beat Cynthia Cavillo. If she went in there and fought Lauren Murphy and beat Lauren Murphy, that would be a statement because Lauren, Murph- Lauren Murphy's been on a streak and Shevchenko seems to not call her out, really. So... That would be, if I'm Joanne, I'm trying to go in there and, and uh, you know, leave the dark horse's head in Shevchenko's bed. That's the way I'm looking at it, you know? Do a little, little godfather. All right, but that's 
that's about it, at least there. So we can get into the exciting stuff. We can get into the co-main event where Michael Chandler disrespectfully went in there and fucking took Hooker's head. Oh, um, man, a Hooker tried. He tried to do low calf kicks. Excuse me. Tried to do low calf kicks to deter Michael Chandler from being super heavy and throwing bombs. And he ate one. And then Michael Chandler was like, okay, keep circling. And as he kept circling, kept circling, kept circling, Michael Chandler went cross to the body, stepped through, left hand up top. Um, man. Classic. Justin Gaethje, James Vick combination. I mean, Michael Chandler does train with Henry Hooft, and he has the same confidence as he would with wrestling. Anything he does, he's got this, like, he's got wrestler confidence. He's got that, like, collegiate athlete confidence. So even in striking, he may not, be, he may not have done it as long as Hooker, but doesn't mean he can't just knock him the fuck out. I was just talking to my my buddy about this with the Max Holloway thing. Yes, numbers are impressive when you put up a lot of numbers. But you're a 160-pound man, or in Michael Chandler's case, these guys are 120 or 170 to 180 pounds on fight night. Knock a guy out. Like, a wrestler going out there and knocking out a striker, to me, Michael Chandler... That shit's impressive as fuck. Like, yeah, you can go in there and beat up a heavy bag for five rounds. But, uh, yeah, I get, uh, yeah, cool. You can do, you can, I mean, I do appreciate the Max Holloway Ultra Instinct thing. And it does put up good highlights. But, man, you don't get paid for overtime. And Michael Chandler took no damage. And guess who doesn't have to go back, let his face heal, da-da-da-da-da, you know, get tests and stuff. Michael Chandler. He gets to go, ice his leg a little bit, and he's ready. He's up for a new camp. Lightweight tournament, where are you at? I, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. And as far as debuts go, best Bellator debut I think we've ever seen. I think best debut in general. Uh, like Jerry, Jerry had a pretty good debut. But uh, the way Michael Chandler did it, I mean, he just steamrolled, it, steamrolled through him. There was a time where he push-kicked him. It's just, like, disrespectful. It's like... He's like, come on, let's fight. And he just, like, push-kicked him. No no regard for what Dan Hooker can do. No regard for the skill level of Dan. And that's that's the mentality you got to have. you got to have the mentality of Dan Hooker's light work. Uh, anyone after this is decent, but I'm the best. I mean, he kind of, he kind of, I mean, he really just wants the Khabib fight. And if you have to lay out a bunch of, strikers on my way there, I'll beat all of them up. And if they want to, I'll knock them all dead. I'll knock them all down like bowling pins. And if they don't, I'll pick them up and put them on their head until they don't, until they quit. So, I love it. Um, Good things to see from here. Michael Chandler, what's next? What's his next move? Uh, You want to get to Khabib. So, Take Dustin off the table. Dustin's doing – Dustin uh, – we'll talk about that in a second, but uh, you want to get to Khabib. So 
the easiest way they could get to Khabib, Daniel Cormier stated the blueprint, and that's beating up Ismail Makachev. Now, Michael Chandler is ranked, but he's not deep in the rankings yet. So he could give a call out to Is- Islam and just show him what he would do to a dag. Because if you want Khabib, that's the way you want to go about it. Don't go after the belt. Because the belt's up in the air right now. No one knows what they're doing for the fucking belt. But if you beat Khabib, there's no way you're not the champion. So if you want to beat Khabib, you go after his buddy. And you show him what you do to Russian Sambo and to Eagle MMA. Because to be honest, everyone else, I'm not saying it's easy work for for Michael Chandler, but what does it prove? Like, if you go out there and you knock out Justin Gaethje, okay, and Justin Gaethje's been knocked out before. Okay, you go out there and you submit him. Okay, well, Khabib submitted him. Okay, you go out there and you beat Dustin Poirier. Okay, well, Khabib beat Dustin Poirier. You're getting sloppy seconds. Don't get sloppy seconds. Go to his best friend and take that. Take that. Hit him where it hurts. Hit him in hard strengths. I totally agree with DC on that one. Um, I think it's a great game plan. And also, he's kind of untested, too. I really favor Michael Chandler. I think that's the route you should go. Fuck all this other stuff. Dan Hooker, he'll come back. He'll be fine. It's just that fucking quarantine thing. Like, I feel for him. He has to now be uh, quarantined a month from his... Yeah, it's terrible. But anyway, Michael Chandler, man. Woo! So Ric Flair, woo, for Michael Chandler. Uh, all right, so the main event. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Conor McGregor. Yes, he did all these things wrong. He wasn't in the right stance. Uh, mentally, he wasn't there. It's hard when you train on a or you come off a 40, 300-foot yacht or whatever. Yeah, it's Conor's fault, Conor's fault, Conor's fault. Now, dude, listen to me. It was uh, before we continue, though, uh, Sunscrap Nation, check it out. Uh, it's all you really need to know. I'm on everything else. Daniel Jonas, you can find me. But Um It's Dustin, dude. Dustin. Dustin did the homework. Dustin studied the fight. He didn't get... It didn't become vengeful. It wasn't one to get back. He took it. He dissected it. He forgave himself, like he said, which is a big thing. And he now developed a game plan with Mike Brown on how to beat Conor McGregor. Conor, boxing heavy, this camp. He was posting about it. It's no big news. He's coming from boxing. He wants to box Manny Pacquiao. He wasn't going to come out with kicking. In his last fight, he didn't come out. He came out in a boxing stance, too. Hands high, move forward against Cerrone. So Dustin knew. This is the chance to display my leg kicking game, which we saw in previous fights. I mean, it's how he put down Justin Gaethje. He kicked the inside of his leg on the orthodox fighter and then hit him with a 2-3, um, a and it was beautiful. Um, or 2, and then he stumbled. Whatever. But anyway, I digress. Dustin started chipping away at the legs. Bang, 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 bang. And then he did what what makes him a better fighter than Conor McGregor, and that is take some of the rub he got from Khabib. And he grabbed Conor, and he put him on his ass. And guess what Conor doesn't do after Khabib fights? He doesn't go for takedowns. 
he sticks to what he what he got from the because it, it's different ways of dealing with the loss. Dustin took it and he took it humbly, and he knew it was a fucking devastating loss on his career. He cried. It probably wasn't good. Like he had probably long nights, and it wasn't great at the Poirier household for a while. Connor believed that it didn't happen. Connor sat there and he's like, "I'm gonna get it back." Da 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 da. He thinks he beat me, but whatever, do it again, which isn't wrong. It shows, it shows mental strength, but it, it won't give you the chance to learn and grab some of the rub from Khabib. You still have this animosity towards the guy that allows you to see what the good he did. And Dustin knew the good that Khabib did because he and Dustin or he and Khabib were fine. They they were in good terms. Um, but Dustin implemented his game plan with Dan Hooker, and he did it against Conor McGregor. Took him down in the first round. Took the steam off the left hand. Brought him down to Khabib's level. You know, put him in a position that to invoke PTSD, if you will. Um, no, but it was more to just slow the fight down. Let Dustin establish pace, and Dustin knew he had those 30 seconds at the very beginning, which I was saying that Connor could get Dustin. But the mental work that Dustin did to realize that those aren't the strongest moments in his in when he's in there is that first couple second, the first couple minutes, the first couple minutes, or the minute, or whatever. Take him down, whisper in his ear. There goes your prediction, Mystic Mac. Because 60 seconds, it's over. You didn't knock me out in 60 seconds. Now we get up. Now, Dustin did, now not to take away anything that Connor did, because Connor did left, leave, land some good shots in between the leg kicks and the takedown. He also got hit with the counter right. You know, the counter right really is there when you lean and you over exaggerate on your left hand. Nate Diaz did it. Except Nate Diaz was more slapping. Um, Dustin sat down on it. That's why it made more of a impact. Conor McGregor is one round magic, baby. He clipped Dustin with that with that uppercut thing that he does, the uppercut jab. And Dustin said, "Man, if he just put it on me, he would have ended the fight. That got me bad. I was hurting." Connor's one round magic, he did it. But the mental game didn't let him capitalize because he did it. He hurt Dustin. And Connor's a fucking finisher. But for some reason, his eyes weren't on the fucking prize that night and he didn't see Dustin being hurt. He just kind of coasted. He didn't even really follow through. Maybe the leg was busted in the very beginning. I don't know. But the mental wasn't there. Because Dustin said he was hurt. And we know Connor's a finisher. When have we not seen someone get hurt by Connor and Connor not, like a hungry hyena, jump on his kill and just start mauling them? All the time. It's what makes him entertain. I don't know if it's the actual hunger of wanting to be in there. I don't know if that's something he do- like he doesn't want to do, but he's got a contract with the USC, so he'd rather fulfill that before he retires. So that way you don't feel like any debts are owed. Real Lannister shit, you know? Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I, 
the moment where you hit him with that punch, we've seen Connor follow up with less. Right? We've seen him touch someone to the body and then go, oh shit, you got him. Boom. Now, as we fast forward through this fight and this first round ends, second round begins, let's talk about how the diamond did it, right? How did he fucking get it done? All right, so I've watched I've watched the second round in entirety maybe 10 times now. Okay. So the round starts off great. Connor's going doing his thing. Um boop 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 boop. Dude, trying to throw the left hand. He's trying to wake his leg up. Dustin, I'm telling uh, the whole entire time though. He's kicking him. Boop. Touching him. Touching him with leg kicks. Boop boop boop. Because they're southpaw, right? So they're facing each other like normal orthodox fighters. The way orthodox fighters face, that's how we're going to look at this. Now, the things that we have to learn from Connor's left hand are, as much as it has the power, what would favor Connor as far as technical advice, get good at a right hook. That way you can counterbalance yourself and land in a better position when you're done throwing. But if you throw everything into the left hook and then or the left hand, and then you don't throw anything back, you get put into a position that Dustin put him into. So Connor likes to pressure his fighter, or pressure fighters, and when he does, he pressured Dustin into the cage. And every time he throw the left hand, it would give Dustin a chance to, one, counter with the right hook, check right hook, and skirt out to Dustin's right side. Now, as he does that, as he was doing that, they would kind of just reset. Until the one time, Connor, towards the end of the fight, Connor throws a jab cross clean. Jab cross clean. Forces Dustin to move to the right. Dustin jabs back into the left, throws his left leg kick to Connor's right lead foot. Connor over exaggerates on the left hook, thinking that Dustin's putting himself back into danger. But as Dustin throws that right kick, he, not technically, moves his head right off line. I mean, technically moving the head off line, but he did it very exaggerated. Um, Deadening Connor's leg. Now, this is the moment where Dustin became the finisher and Connor became the prey. Connor fucked himself. He overcommitted and now his back is against the cage. His mobility's compromised. Dustin pressures forward. Connor's blocking, doing his best, but he's not going anywhere. His lead foot is covered in mud or stuck in mud, if you will. Now Dustin throws a jab cross hook, jab cross hook. So the right hook is pushing Connor to the right side. However, Connor's right leg is dead. Connor's got no momentum, he's got no movement, so he's being forced to move backwards on his dead leg. This whole time, Dustin's throwing Nate Diaz kind of like shots to go and to pressure Connor into this nice field of view where Connor's legs are parallel. Dustin and he are now perpendicular. And Dustin, who we know, Bobby Green fight, other fights, but that's the biggest one I can see, is a 
goddamn switch hitter, baby. And as Connor starts stumbling back with his feet parallel, it lined Dustin up to go orthodox, right rear hook, get the most power. And that's why in that last moment when you hear that right hand, it doesn't sound like a regular right hand. and sounds like he fucking knocked it out of the park. It's because he did. He switched it to right power, and Connor's legs being compromised are now parallel, allowing Dustin to drive that right hand as far through Connor's face as he wanted to, and that's what sat him down. Um, it should be a knockout, not a TKO. He knocked Connor McGregor the fuck out. If that's not the sweetest revenge, and God damn it, Mike Brown, fucking coach of the year, if, if it's just based off that. That performance was like, God damn it, dude. The game planning that must have gone into that to kick the legs, kick the legs, kick the legs, and then make Connor fall into his own trap. And then, I mean, the blueprint is set, baby. I mean, there was a little bit of blueprint with the Nate Diaz fight, but Nate's just, he'll bring the worst out of you. And then Khabib, Khabib's you, so there's not really a, it's not really a blueprint. But as far as, like, any fighter fighting Conor McGregor, there you go. I mean, you want to hope that Conor goes back to the drawing board and then hopes to God people try to leg kick him, and then there's a bunch of Anderson Silva-esque style injuries that follow suit for the next couple of years. Because uh, that's really the answer, guys. That's the answer. Just check the fucking kick, and since they want to kick low, well, I'll check your ankle then. Um, but yes, congrats to Dustin Poirier. It only goes up for here. Dude, I think fight Nate Diaz. Beat the shit out of that guy if you can. Because um, currently, in my mind, Nate Diaz is number one. Number one pound for pound. Uh, 155-er with Khabib out of the picture. Because he beat Connor, and then Dustin pulled out of their fight. So, Nate Diaz, uncrowned champ. I think they should fight. If... On a more serious note, Dustin should fight Nate, get the Nate money, beat – if you can beat Nate, then you do and then you do Connor trilogy fight, and then that's another money. And then if you want to do something further, fucking Khabib, whatever. But at that point, I mean – I mean, who who's – I mean, at this point, your kids' kids are going to be fine. So Nate, that's a tough-ass fight. Connor again. And then depend I – mean, you could do Nate for a second time. Who gives a fuck? I'm sure that'll be a block. Of be- like, at this point, you're the king. Take it. Take it or leave it. I'll believe it. I believe that Dustin Poirier is the greatest. Or, uh, not great. I believe that uh, Dustin Poirier currently is the lightweight champion if we can just get him booked with Nate and then have that exchange gone. Um, There's Charles Oliveira. I mean, Michael Chandler. Uh, that whole thing. Uh yeah, Charles Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. There you go. Cool, cool. We solved the we solved the well we solved the lightweight thing. Connor, uh, he's not doing anything. He's not gonna fight anyone. Um, that quick. Like he's not. I mean, he'll probably fight someone soon, but we'll see. We'll see who he fights. Um, especially after this loss, it's like, we'll see if he even fights. 
But uh, other than that, uh, I'm not even going to talk. I'm not even going to talk about the... Yeah, that. Um, all right. Yeah, that's about it. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed my breakdown of that of that Dustin Poirier knockout because I really I really loved it. Um, check out everything on SunscrapNation.com. You can check out more. I'll be back. I don't know when, but uh, yeah, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, SunscrapNation, SunscrapNation.com. Uh, I've been your host Daniel Jonas as always. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your day. Stay safe. Peace. <laughs>